0: Hi, I'm Cathy, and this is my mother, Linda. Hello. And this is the cinema, the podcast where we record our walk home from the movies. And usually I do with my husband, Dave, but not today. I have everyone's favourite guest. Uh, welcome back, Linda. Yeah, great to be back. Feels like it's been ages. It does feel like it's been ages. And we are going to see American fiction, um, a film that mom hasn't heard about, but that I've been dying to see um, by director Corey Jefferson. Mom, did you watch Watchmen, a HBO show a couple of years ago? I don't believe so. Um, it was a show Dave and I loved. Um, and I think he was like heavily involved in the story side of it anyway, if not other elements. Uh, and this movie has got a ton of award nominations. Jeffrey Wright, the lead actor, has been nominated for loads of things. But mainly why I want to watch it is from the trailer, and we talk about on this podcast a lot, we don't watch trailers often. I watched the trailer for American Fiction. I think I was in another screen. Uh, I was going to see something and it popped up i was blown away by the premise do you know anything about the premise mom i know nothing about it (laughs) nothing absolutely i'm a blank canvas Um, it's about a writer and how he gets his book kind of commissioned in a unique way and it looks really funny like proper funny um, so that's all we'll say about it, I think. We'll go and watch it. And then we will I mean, I've back. seen some
1: of the cast. I love some of the cast. So I am looking forward to and it. And love Issa Rae who's in it. Um, yeah, can't wait. We well, will... Sterling, Sterling Brown's in it? Yes. it yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably the only name I know.
0: From what's that TV show you like? Is it Us or This Is Us? This, is us? this yeah. is us, yeah. This Is Us, So we will be back after we've watched American fiction. Bye. Okay, bye. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black, and it's my book. You know what I mean. Look at what they publish. Look at what they expect us to write.
1: I just want to rub their nose, isn't it?
0: <laughs> I be standing outside in the night.
1: Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you're doing.
0: We sold a book. No.
1: We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. It's a joke.
0: The most lucrative joke you've ever told.
1: Now, is Stag a pseudonym?
0: Yeah. Mr. Lee can't use his real name.
1: Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some bitch-ass college boy can come up with that shit? No, no. No, I don't.
0: right, we are back. We've seen American fiction. Mom, what are your top line thoughts? And before you tell me them, I will qualify this episode with saying we are two white Irish people and we will do our best to talk about this film and and all the themes with a great acknowledgement of the fact that we do not understand the black American experience. Um, Now, Mom, tell us what you thought of the movie. Um, Oh, first thoughts were, epic it was just one of the most
1: entertaining things I've seen (laughs) in a long time and it had just very broad strokes it had a huge wow factor for me and I think well the performances stand out and for me the pace so the direction and I know it's been nominated for something but I don't know whether it's been nominated for direction but it was Oh, it was just so tight and so fast-paced and so entertaining and mind-blowing in terms of the um, the amount of themes that were covered yeah uh, so that was my first impression I'd love to go see it again already
0: I'm literally like this film is a massively early contender for my top movie of the year it's so clever I, I think I just kept coming back to it's so clever it's so funny it's so pacey, like you said. We also love stuff about writers and writing and the kind of artistic process. And then there's these fascinating layers about like what white people expect black artists to create and how they expect black artists to speak or act. And then the kind of falseness around a lot of diversity initiatives where they are supposedly trying to have more diversity, but in reality, aren't listening to diverse voices and then all of that serves as a background to like this really interesting family drama and really but most of all it's just a really funny plot and I'm gonna get I'm gonna m- mention the plot like from the trailer which you have just heard anyway because Dave would have inserted it my trusty editor and basically he's a black author he's very upper class like he's very he comes from a wealthy family that's what's so funny yeah. because the irony and around the
1: well, whatever, the irony around the whole, well, poverty experience, not just black, but that whole what he claims to be writing about or talking about. And he is so upper class. Yeah. They, have, they
0: have the maids and the swimming pools and the, the two houses. So And he calls his mom, like, mother. mother. And he's like whole family's doctors and he's super rich. And he writes this, I guess, very literary fiction. And he's like a, a lecturer in a university and his books keep getting rejected until one day, like as a parody, he writes what he considers a joke about the black American experience, pandering to white people's expectations of how black people might speak. And it like, he gets commissioned for all this money. It kind of becomes this runaway success. And it's like him grappling with the fact that from his perspective, he's extremely literary and he's very upper class. And, and, and kind of ends up grappling with his own racism, I think, because I think in a lot of ways, he himself is very angry with how certain black people portray themselves. And I think all that is just so there's so much going on in this. What I would say, almost, and this is... It's almost too...
1: Inte- I'm not intelligent <laughs> enough for this movie. That's what, like, the themes are so intricate. I just said, I don't know about... He, he's certainly classist. He's an intellectual snob. So he has all that going on within himself. And the themes are so complex. We have... Alzheimer's, we have sexuality, we have all sorts of complicated themes and he's struggling with all of them. And yet the whole thing is superbly comic. Yeah. I don't know how it was pulled off.
0: I think the um, the director and he wrote the adapted screenplay, Corey Jefferson's was based on a book, but he wrote the adapted screenplay. He's just like a visionary. I think. I think it shows what happens when you give a creative talent creative freedom, uh, which I imagine is what happened here um you you also have like content made by the people who are taking the piss out of things in and around their own experience so it feels so authentic i think the stuff around like like isa ray is in this who on the podcast we're a big fan of hers and she who plays she, play? she plays the other black author who oh my gosh she was so, she's good. so good and the funny thing is he's very derisive of her work and we see that in the trailer but then she puts it to him but I interviewed people like they're real words that like black people have spoken whereas he's just like you made it all up because you're pandering to white people and she's like well maybe you don't understand how black people talk and even that in of itself I found like I felt like very privileged to like witness that kind of conversation and I feel like it's a very educational film in that sense but I think the absolute over overriding plot though is it's really funny He's completely taking the piss out of these white editors. The more ridiculous he acts, the more they want him. And we'll get into that in Spoiler Street around how much he kind of pushes the boundaries around what they're willing to do to like pander to him. It's just so funny. And I
1: think also before, Spoiler Street, when you're saying it starts pushing the boundaries of what's coming at him from publishers and from external, it starts completely pushing his own boundaries. He's very reclusive or, as I was saying, that whole intellectual snobbery thing. But he starts getting forced to interact with the world in a way he's not used to. So his own issues around intimacy, authenticity, honesty, they're all brought up to the surface. So this film is about everybody. It's about relationship as Mm -hmm. much. It's a fact, at the end of the day, it's largely about relationship authenticity and communication
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure and like family dynamics like when there's been death in the family and how everyone kind of comes at it differently so we will get into spoilers for it now we both highly recommend this film uh, i think there's something in it for everyone but i think just how clever it is and how funny it is will really resonate like within the audience i recommend people go out and see it because it's been out for a while, so. It's probably going to start dropping out of cinema soon. Yes, we nearly missed it. Yeah, nearly missed it. So I recommend everyone go watch it. We're going to take a quick break for Spoiler Street. You might hear an ad and we'll be right back. We're going to actually go to Spoiler Park. Yes. So it might be quieter. It might be quieter. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Mum, we always record this noise that you're just not used to it. Ah, right, it yes. It is, yeah. yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello are we back yeah we're still on a noisy road <laughs> distressing my mother we're not as close to the park as I thought <laughs> um, I, I think we get it, now that we're on smaller street we'll get into the kind of catalyst for all of this is, is twofold his sister who we meet early on is like this incredible force of nature of a woman she really challenges him she pushes his buttons and then she basically just she, she mentions to him that their mother's suffering with Alzheimer's She mentions to him that their dad used to cheat on their mum, which is shocking to him. And then she just effectively drops dead. She literally, yeah, keels over. Shocking, shocking. But I want to just put something
1: in here because for me, all the performances were standout. She had what seemed to have been a tiny part but oh my god it was almost award winning performance yeah. of a tiny part yeah,
0: yeah she was incredible like I, I was like I want to be her friend so badly she's so funny and cool and they just had this brilliant kind of sibling relationship really shocking as a viewer when she died obviously that that happened and then he's suddenly thrust into this situation because he's another brother but who doesn't live there and is going through a divorce and like not really capable of supporting he ends up being kind of thrust into the situation where he's to look after his mom He's got Alzheimer's and he's like realizing he has to pay for her to have like care, which is incredibly expensive. So that's kind of the the motivation for his shenanigans around this book, which I found a very good motivation because for him as a character, he's just so angry and he just writes this book and he's like having a laugh. He never thinks it's going to take off.
1: I think there was something else going on there. And I think that's his personal dynamic. He had already been put on leave from work because his attitude was appalling. He was lecturing and he was offending everybody. He was offending the staff, he was offending the students. He'd been put on leave, so already he had no work, he had no money, he couldn't publish his own book, so he was, like, literally back, yeah. back to the wall.
0: However, I take issue. I think the point on offending the students was actually hilarious because he had the N-word written up on a whiteboard or blackboard and his student, his white student was like the use of that word offends me. And he's like, we're talking about literature and and I've gotten past that word and like I'm black, so you can get past it. So that in and of itself was, I think a hilarious look at how white people try to be allies, but then it's obscene that she would have, that he would have presented it as an okay word under the circumstances. And then she's like, it offends me and she storms out. But then he was like, Given out to his colleagues, and it just kind of—spot, you're right—it completely spoiled for him. So he's already at a low base, like. Because
1: w- w- whatever the issue was, and in that case it was with the N word, he was provocative, and he was pushing people all the time. He was going for the conflict all the time. Yeah, he
0: was. But I think he also was like—he uh, was right, though. Yeah, he not was a <laughs> discussing like the black literary experience or whatever. But that's why there's so many layers. It's like hard to keep up with him. It's because he
1: started. He was. You know that whole pandering to what was the expectation around literature—that mm-hmm. was the the conflict in him, and he never wanted to pander. And in the end, his pandering is what turned this into some sort of a romp. I know it's
0: so funny. And he, when he, so he's like writes this book called "My Pathology" instead of <laughs> "My Pathology," and then it does this very clever thing that I loved. And it's funny because they did a very much less effective version of this in Argyle which Dave and I watched a few weeks ago which is about a writer and the kind of characters are coming to life as she's writing it's quite fascinating to compare that to this because this movie did it a million times better he's writing in the in his study and there's actors like acting the words and then they're stopping and looking at him and going that's not very good or whatever um but it's so funny I've seen that now that happened in both Argyle and in this but a million times better in this one um, That's how playwrights—they they actually workshop their scripts,
1: and they actually have paid actors. A lot of them get funding to have actors there, acting out their scripts as they're writing them.
0: That is so clever. I mean, it does make sense. And he's kind of starts spiraling. His agent is totally in on the gag. Like the agent is like, "I can't believe you sent this to me," and then the agent's like, "It's basically been picked up for like hundreds of thousands, right? If not millions, the number is huge anyway." And then the movie rights. And suddenly they're like, we want to meet you, and he has to come up with a story where he's like, oh well, I'm a fugitive, (laughs) and I'm on the run, and I can't meet anyone. It unravels. And then, what was fascinating though is he begins a relationship in the midst of all of this because he meets this his ne his mom's neighbor, and she's this lovely woman. She's a lawyer, and he's initially I think because he's an egomaniac, incredibly attracted to her. I think when he realizes she's read one of his books he just loves this right like if you i mean any writer would and and they begin this relationship and as you say he's been challenged to like not just be by himself or thinking of himself to basically communicate and be honest and then and he doesn't have the capacity when he pushes boundaries like we were saying and he convinces the literary agents he says you can only publish my book if it's called fuck and they publish (laughs) it that is so funny and then he goes into our house and he finds that she's got fuck his book Anonymous book, she doesn't know it's his. And he loses it at her. He's like so angry that she's reading this book. And it's like, he can't accept that people enjoy different forms of art. He wrote it as a piss take, but is a good writer. So you can presume that it is a good story and he's so angry at her and I love when she's just like get out he's actually abusive yeah, yeah he's awful. really interesting
1: that they actually went as far as yeah it was verbally and emotionally yeah. abusive
0: and his brother and his sister have both said it to him like he's got serious issues and then you've got all the stuff with his brother coming back who's like newly come out and is like kind of spiraling on drugs and has no money because he's in the midst of a divorce spiraling on drugs and naked men yeah and like so like th- they feel so different and I'm kind of love this is loved- Sterling
1: Brown Yes, in an absolutely spectacular. He's performance. so good. I see So
0: good. He's been nominated in a few best supporting things, though not in the Oscars. But um, it's so funny. Just, I didn't picture him in like that particular kind of comedic role. He's serious so, but funny. He's so serious, and this is us. Um, and then I, I kind of just love at the end the way. They come together around the housekeeper's like wedding, and. They. They, the brothers kind of reconnect in a really nice way I found it strange how the sister was basically never mentioned again other than about like her bank balance because they're like how are you paying for mum's care home and he's like oh sister left money for her oh he's pretending sister yeah. didn't leave money he made that no, up no he
1: made it up because he can't pretend he got millions for this book that he didn't but write but the only time she's referenced again I know but you know something it's not
0: unreal either there's a lot of reality going on here people just move on it's shocking but yeah and they don't want to talk about it and the brother is like I just I, I think it wrapped up really nicely with the housekeeper and like her finding a connection. I also think it's really appropriate that he didn't end up with the woman. But then what I love? Did he end
1: up the with the ending, woman? The ending,
0: yeah, the ending. The ending needs an award of its own. Yeah, the ending is <laughs> like we were laughing so much. The ending is basically like he shows up at this award ceremony. They go to the award ceremony. Oh, we haven't even mentioned the he's nomination. His, he's, the whole time he's like. He's on a judging panel, they explicitly tell them we're putting you on the panel because you're black. Because you're black. And Issa Rae's on the panel as well. So there's three white writers and two black writers. They're all judging literary fiction. Then this book fuck comes in for them to judge, which he tries to not even allow. And then in the end, at this scene where the five of them are in a room together, and three of them are like, fuck needs to be the number one book. And the two black writers are like, absolutely not. Like it shouldn't be there. And they say, and it's so pointed, it's really time that we, you know, we listen to black voices. Whilst and ignoring the whilst ignoring the two black people in the room. And I just thought, oh my God, that is so endemic of like pandering culture and like false diversity initiatives. And like, they're literally saying, we need to listen to black voices while silencing two black people. And then he's just, like, so utterly outraged that he's never even been considered for an award, but now this book is winning awards. Like, oh, that's a whole movie in itself as well.
1: It is a whole movie. And, of course, uh, spoiler alert, his book wins the prize. (laughs) (laughs) So we're at the award ceremony, and the question is, and this is... The question is, is he going to go up and accept it and reveal who he is? Because he's on the verge of that anyway because he wants to sort out his relationship issues. He's on the verge of changing as an individual. And that's where the movie then splits into a million different endings. Yeah. All the possibilities. What if he reveals himself as the writer? What if he doesn't? What if he walks out? So you can maybe say more to that. But I will say, because I've recently read Matt Haig's book uh, Midnight Library which is all about parallel universes uh-huh. and different choices resulting in different options so it was very similar and at the end of the day we don't actually know how it ended
0: No, well he said to the writer the, sorry, he said to the movie director who's played very well by Adam Brody he said well I, what actually happened is I just walked out of the room and then they're like yeah but what would have been a better ending and he's like he, he has an ending of the girlfriend showing up which I... I is neat but I, I don't think she would have oh, showed up oh gotcha so I missed something yeah so, so there, there was like, an
1: actual ending they're playing out because I didn't know what was real at that point yeah
0: they're playing out what would be the best ending for this movie and then they land on which is just again unbelievably unbelievable telling of American culture and and movie culture and like they end on him being on stage and the police coming in and storming the room because uh, he supposedly wanted felon and they gun him down. And it's quite shocking. Well, they they say,
1: yes, he's going for his
0: gun. He actually was holding his award. Exactly. So, I mean, it's quite shocking. And like, we all understand like the levels of murder of black people at the hands of white police in America. And then they kind of play it for laughs again because it's like an action movie. So there's so much going on where it's being played for laughs while at the exact same time being like really telling of society. And that's why I think the director and writer is masterful because Almost nobody could get that tone right. No, the t- it was... I-, I can't put words on how
1: subtle it was mm-hmm. and how... Just how clever.
0: And then I love that that's the ending and then they're kind of in the movie studio and then he drives off with his brother. So they've like really connected and that's kind of where it ends. I I, under- I, lo- I would have loved if he'd gotten up on stage though and just told everyone like, this is a fucking joke. I was mocking all of you with this book and look what you did. Um... I just it's so good. I don't I can't unravel it. I I actually don't typically watch movies twice but I really want to watch this again. I would watch it
1: again and again. I can't unravel it or explain it, but there's a certain irony for me because he's been a award- he's been nominated for an Academy Award. Hasn't he for his performance? Yeah. He's been nominated for an Oscar. So, it's like the whole thing, the farce of the awards in there and now he's actually been nominated <laughs> for an award for his performance, and it just feels to me like that's ironic. I'm not saying his performance isn't epic, but how do they get decided? Like in itself, I was talking to somebody recently about that whole nonsense of awards. Who deserves a award? Who doesn't? Like he had a magnificent performance, but it was so much bigger than him. It was about the script. It was about the direction. Oh, it's always like about movie. the pace. It's not about one person's performance.
0: Well, that's why. But these that's the a different movie, conversation. A different I know conversation. that. And movies, movies tend to be kind of juggernauts, whereby a movie will gain momentum and then it will get multiple nominations. And generally, like, it's kind of known about the Oscars that, like, you can only win a category, like, best actor or best actress or whatever, if your movie's on a juggernaut and also winning other things. So, like, I think everyone's saying Killeen Murphy's going to win. Again, he's a brilliant performer, just as good as Jeffrey Wright but because Oppenheimer is such a juggernaut of a film yeah I guess that makes
1: sense I just I haven't quite unraveled what the irony is in my mind but here he is now nominated for an award I don't find
0: that ironic I think that's just because it's a brilliant movie and he's brilliant in it and it's gotten a lot of It got a lot of buzz early on, and I think that's another thing that helps movies. Like, you'd never see a movie just get nominated for Oscars unless it's been nominated the whole way up for other awards. Okay, I guess I missed some of that nomination. But the end is really... It just left me thinking and left me wanting to see it again. I know. And I want to see the movie that they're making. And then I thought, did we watch the movie they've made? Yes, that's <laughs> so the question. Is this actually the movie? Yeah. Or, yeah, so that was it, that whole... I love when the, my favourite scene is when he meets Adam Brody and he's like pretending to be oh, on the run. so funny. And he hears ambulance sirens because he thinks his mother's ill. So he runs off, but then Adam Brody's like, oh my God, he's heard police sirens and he's run off because he's a fugitive. And it feeds into the whole thing, like ridiculous thing even more. So good. Thank you, mom, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me and head over to at gmail.com to let us know what you thought or come over to Instagram at thecinemile, um, come over to Letterboxd or come over to Patreon where we are currently reviewing loads of stuff such as 90s rom-coms. Uh, we haven't figured out which one's gonna win yet, but I think it's gonna be my best, uh, no, I think it's gonna be The Wedding Singer. I think that's what we're about to review. And um, We've just finished um, True Detective. We're reviewing Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Curb uh, Your Enthusiasm.
1: Bye. Bye. We're thinking we can get it out in hydrogen team.